Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. It's all about how you take care of your relationship. Yeah, there are business lessons to learn, but fundamentally it's all about how you show up. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service. Here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe that's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe they're going to give you a free 30 minute goal strategy session they'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe again if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Vish Iyer. How you doing, Vish? Fantastic, Joe. How are you doing? I am doing well and nice to have you on the show. Vish and I got connected via Bigger Pockets and one of his first messages to me was that his first deal was a 72 unit and it was a disaster and clearly that piqued my curiosity because he was willing to share that 
not only with me, but on an interview with the best ever listeners. So that's what we're going to talk about in addition to his other real estate ventures. A little bit about Vish. He is a real estate investor, entrepreneur, and Hollywood actor. He's based in sunny Los Angeles, California. He started real estate career with that 72 unit and is an active buyer in India. He's a best-selling author of the book Yoga and Love, and he's owned over 200 properties. So with that being said, Vish, you want to give the best of our listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? My background, I come from a technology background. I have a master's in computer science and also another master's in business. I started as a software engineer, Oracle database software engineer, and I did that for four years. always knew I was going to be in the movie as an actor in Hollywood, but I didn't want to be a struggling actor. So I started going to real estate clubs starting in 0304. And once I quit my software engineering, I just got into real estate. So my real estate career started. Okay. That's when you started. And what was the first property that you bought? My first property, it was funny because I was looking at a house in Florida just for myself because I'm a software engineer. And I remember wanting to write my first earnest money check. And it was $5,000. My hands were shaking. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> $5,000 for earnest money. I was like, wow, man, that's a lot of money. <laughs> then a couple of my friends with very deep pockets. So one person, he came over to me and said, Vish, I see that the last few months you've been learning a lot about real estate. And he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And he had millions of dollars in his account. And then he said, Vish, your goal is passive cash flow. My goal is, again, same thing. I want to heal. Why don't we go in together and get a large-scale commercial deal? So that you will get your cash flow and then I will get mine. And I said, wow, okay, I don't have the same amount of money that you do. But then he said, he's one of my closest friends. And I said, okay. So I pulled a little bit of my cash from my house. At the time, living in San Diego. Then another gentleman with some deep pockets, he came. So it's just three very close friends. And I'm the brain, sort of the rusty brain. And then we started looking for commercial properties starting in Texas. We were in contract. And then we said, okay, we can probably go for a two and a half, three million dollar deal because that would give us a net cash cash flow of maybe 30, 40 grand. And if you do it right, and that will probably give, you know, if you split it evenly, 10 grand each net. For me, as a software engineer, it's a good replacement income for me. So that was the strategy. Yep. And it took us six to eight months to find a deal in Wichita, Kansas. It was a 72 unit, which we closed for 2.4 million. Mm-hmm. And that was, the real big <laughs> first deal. That was your first real estate transaction? That, that was my first real estate transaction. Yes. Wow. We're going to get into the 72-unit mechanics and logistics, but what gave them the confidence to have you be the brains that's leading the charge on this? I think it's just friendship. And most of the time it happens, and they've known me for many years, and I come from a very scientific background. And they know that if I do something, I'll research it really well. And I've been studying and going to clubs for so long. And plus, also, situations sort of demand. The people put trust in you, okay, yeah. if uh, somebody is ill or they want. So it's not the right mindset, and which is what uh, I'll talk about all the lessons. And it was uh, a situation where, okay, hey, he needed to get passive cash flow, and I was in the same position. And I was going to clubs, and maybe I just came across really confident, and I came across more confident than I really was. Mm-hmm. Or maybe showed off more knowledge than I really knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you started going to the real estate clubs in 2003. What year did you close on the deal in Wichita? Well, we closed in 2005. 2005, okay. 
Got it. Cool. Well, congratulations. You have closed on a 72 unit. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we closed on it, and I was the brain behind it. I was managing with a professional management. And the professional then we were like, okay, oh, great. And this is how it works. And also, one other thing was, we had another friend of ours who had just bought a $3.5 million 165 unit in Dallas just probably a few months prior. And my friends and I, we set up a meeting with him. He's a close friend, and we started interviewing him. And he painted this great picture. Hey, it's great cash flow. It's 165 units in Dallas, and I paid $3.5 million. And this gentleman is also sort of a, a multimillionaire. And we were like, wow, this is great. This is easy. Then we all we have to do is just buy and just wait and get the cash flow coming in in the mail. Uh, mail strike. That's how, that's how naive yep. we were. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's how naive I was. And I take uh, most of the blame and the responsibility of making it sound easier than it really is. Mm-hmm. Then we started the professional management took over. And we were waiting for the first month. We did the analysis. We had a good commercial broker and most of the time, we always say we don't take advice from the broker themselves, investment advice. But most of the time, it ends up where the broker tells you, hey, this is a good deal. You can make money on it. And it's an 8 cap. Maybe you'll go up to a 10 cap at some point, raise rent, do some work. And they give you, and those things start influencing you. They say, oh, maybe, okay, you see a potential here, and then maybe you just uh, hold on to it for five years. We go, the first month, it was break even. And I'm looking at the thing, and the property management made more money than we did. And I called them and I said, guys, hey, where's our positive cash flow? <laughs> because <laughs> we were positive, <laughs> positive cash flow, and that's when we realized, oh, my God, the expenses were initially they're looking at 30%. Now it's 60% expenses. Uh-huh. Oh, that needs to be done. Oh, these rails are not up to this thing, and we need to pay. Just Expense after expense after, okay, and a bunch of people are not paying. Okay, oh, we understand. Okay, I need to understand. Okay, there is something called physical occupancy versus economic occupancy. <laughs> that's, a, yep. that's, a, that's a big wake-up call. And for the first deal, and there's a $14,000 market sitting there, and it's like, wow, okay, all right. In three months, four months, and my friend is deteriorating in health as well. So there's no money coming in, and I'm just flying. And by then... We had bought another office complex in Austin. Oh, wow. For another one, one and a half million. Uh-huh. And the next 18 months from 05 to 06, I built a $55 million portfolio. Uh-huh. Myself, single-handedly. So I'm flying almost every week to one, and it was nine different states, uh-huh. by the way. <laughs> you had properties in nine different states? Yes, sir. Wow. And 38 condos in Louisiana and Baton Rouge, just on and on. Then I'm doing a development project, a 55-acre development project in Boise, then building a million-dollar home in Boise, and then around 45 houses in Dallas, then a days in, in Stephenville in Texas, yeah. on and on. But things are not panning out, and my friend and I were calling, and we were like, okay. And the property manager, you know, the usual spiel, be patient. Things will turn around. And we're thinking, oh, we were presented with, okay, this is the more positive cash flow we're going to get, but we're not getting. Then... Six months, eight months, things are getting really bad. What's really bad with the property? What do you mean by that? What's really bad with the property is the expenses. There was so much deferred maintenance, which we did not look at properly. We didn't do enough due diligence. Mm -hmm. We just looked at the numbers 
and there was so much deferred maintenance, and we said, okay. And now all these things are popping out. The things are pipes are breaking. The Wichita, Kansas, it's cold. And number of expenses which we did not account for, mm-hmm. which we had no clue how to manage. And neither were we did we have set up separate funds for deferred maintenance. Mm-hmm. We had no strategy. We just said, okay, we're going to get this, and this is going to be a cash cow and start producing money. So then I said, all right, my friend passes away. It was a very tough situation. Then I go and fire the management because it's been eight months. We have not made any money. I go fire the management, which is the worst thing you could do. Why? Because I said, okay, the manager is making 8% on the total collection, plus they're making for all these expenses. They're making all sorts of money. Then I said, all right, let me, if I hire an in-house manager and give her an apartment, the strategy would be I'll get a husband and wife team where the husband is a contractor so he can do the work. And I'll give her a salary of two grand or twenty five hundred with an apartment, so that I can save all the money and make the positive cash flow. That was my strategy. Yeah. Okay. Logical. Right. Logical. And went to the best recruiting firm in Wichita. I found somebody, hired her, got her in. She used to manage a hotel, but then the building department came and put code violations on. There was a bunch of fourplexes and sixplexes, and the property was just not. One big 72 unit. Okay. And they started building code violation. Then I heard that people were doing drugs and there was a meth lab in one of the apartments. Mm-hmm. This just spiraled out of control. Even though I had a property manager living there. Hmm. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. We had no clue how to manage this. We didn't have enough money to put into because my friend passed away and there's no cash coming in. It just spiraled out of control. We had to let it go. Mm-hmm. What was the area like? The area is good. It was right opposite to the air base. Thing I call it air base in Wichita. Uh-huh. So we were expecting all the, the officers, the Air Force personnel to rent the property. So it's, I would call it a C area, mm-hmm. C plus. And the property itself was uh, probably a C, C minus when we bought it. But poor management, bad strategy, not enough money to do capital deferred maintenance. Just killed it. Couldn't handle the expenses. No strategy, nothing. And coming to think of it right now, I had a plan if I had known. Now when I look at a property, same deal, and I know and I'm so thorough with my inspection, I know exactly what it needs for rehab. And I put funds aside. I know, hey, okay, it's going to cost 50 grand and I put 10 or 15% in this thing as uh, site funds. It's going to cost $100,000. I'll have $125,000 capital expenses. And I make sure all the mechanicals are right. But once you control it that way, then you know, okay, hey, you can't surprise you. You had two friends in the deal. One of them passed away. The other was still in the deal, correct? Yes. And how much of your money did you put into the deal? I put probably 100K. 100. And how much did your other two partners put in the deal? They put 200 each. 200 each. $500,000. $500,000 down payment. Okay. And the 200 for your friend who was still alive, is he still alive? You mean the other friend? Yeah, your other friend. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So he's still alive. What was the conversation like with him? Because I imagine he lost 200 and you lost 100. Is that correct? Yes. What was that conversation like? Really bad. That's another lesson which... 
I have a tendency to, and I don't know about you, uh, I have a tendency to, at the time, if something was bad, not to present it as a bad situation. Yep. I'm trying to sugarcoat it because I'm dealing with one a widow, a person who's right, and she doesn't know anything. She just lost her husband. And one of her big investments, nothing is going well, plus the 45 houses in Dallas are not getting rented on time. That's another $3, 4000000 million in carrying mortgages. So we are having probably around $100,000, $200,000 in mortgage payments per month. Mm. So it's just not one property. We're dealing with a whole portfolio here of probably $20-30 million with just this group. Then I had another $25 million with other partners. But to answer your question, really bad conversations, and I'm just giving them positive hope that next month things will be better, next month things will get better, mm-hmm. when things are not. And I just got nasty emails, nasty phone calls, because I did not set right expectations. I did not say the truth. Okay, hey, things are sinking. I just didn't have the guts to tell somebody, my own friend, look them in the eye and say, I'm sorry, I'm losing your money. And your money is gone. I just didn't have the guts to say that. It's a very, very painful lesson, which is what led me to write my book, which eventually became a bestseller. It took three and a half, four years to write Yoga and Love. Learning that fundamentally, whether it's relationships or any business, it's all about relationships. It's all about how you take care of your relationship. Yeah, there are business lessons to learn, but fundamentally, it's all about how you show up as a person. It takes your commitment. I just didn't have the commitment. I don't know why. I was just trying to be the nice guy and be positive and mm-hmm. instead I could have just said hey guys you're putting all this money I'm a novice myself and we could make mistakes and you could lose all your money are you okay with that how would you characterize your relationship with your friend and your friend's widow she got upset with me we don't have a relationship now. and what about your other friend no both of them either of them mm. And I take full responsibility for the unpleasantness, for the losing their money. I lost their money. The total loss of over $10 million. Yeah, because we were just talking about the 72-unit portfolio, but as you said, it goes larger than that there. Yeah, that was just a one piece mm-hmm. <laughs> of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know you've reflected and you've mentioned a lot of the lessons, and I have some bolded my notes, but just to hear your take on the summary of the overall lessons learned. First off, for the whole portfolio, the $55 million, did it all get foreclosed on? Yeah, at least what I know. And then some of the properties, I just gave it to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. So what are the lessons learned, the main takeaways for you personally? Personally, first thing I would say is set right expectations. Be honest about bad news. That's number one. And number two, don't be greedy. Real estate, there's so many instances where money comes easy. Always have a check. And that can be offset by having a clear plan, like Jim Rohn says. Mm-hmm. Have a clear financial plan. Have a weekly plan, a monthly plan, a six-month plan, a yearly plan, a five-year plan. And find a mentor. Never do anything without a mentor. Okay. Yeah, and one more thing. Now I'm friends with several really successful investors in Southern California who are my friends now. And plus, I'm in the motivational industry. Jack Canfield, the friend Marianne Williamson, Michael Beckwith. It's all about, in the business world, in real estate, that raises, think long-term. Anything of value, 
takes time to build. Mm-hmm. And in the motivation industry, the advice is to support that is look for contentment. Understand what contentment is. Because no point, I already spoke, spoken to you about my other aspects of my business thing, but uh, I coach some very successful entrepreneurs now. And just because they didn't understand what contentment is, they have a lot of money, but they don't know how to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. They're super successful, but those are the lessons are. We're so fortunate to have you on the show and to share these lessons learned. And thank you so much for that. I'm going to ask you the question I ask every guest. And it might be repetitive, but if so, that's okay. It reinforces a message you've already mentioned. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Actually, it's take care of your relationships. Real estate is not about money. It's about personal connections. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Ready to bring your real estate investing dreams to life? Learn how to get focused, gain momentum, and the proven roadmap to make it happen with the Time for Investing Masterclass. Doors for enrollment are now open. Reserve your spot today with Neva at Neva, N-E-V-A, at timeforinvesting.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Autobiography of a Yogi. Autobiography of a human? Autobiography of a Yogi. Of a Yogi. Oh, Yogi. Okay, got it. Best ever deal you've done? I just bought a six unit in Chicago. I bought it for 135000 I put around thirty five into it. It's appraising for close to three fifty. And nice. it makes close to six grand a month. Congrats on that. There's the cash flow. Now we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best ever way you like to give back? Best is your time. Time and being present. I teach a lot of meditation to inner school kids. One of the leading meditation coaches in the country. Time and being present. And where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? And you can go to my site www.yogaandlove.com Y-O-G-A-A-N-D-L-O-V.com People can email me at wish at yogaandlove.com Then my office will respond if you want coaching available for that as well. Excellent. Well, Vish, thank you for being on the show. The lessons learned along the way as you so succinctly summarized. One, set expectations and be honest about bad news. Two, don't be greedy. Three, have a clear financial plan for your company and each property. Four, find a mentor. Five, think long-term, especially holds true with real estate. And then six, all along the way, we've got to look for contentment because regardless of how much money we have, if we're not content with our status in the journey, because we certainly spend a lot more time in the journey than the destination, then we're going to be fighting an uphill battle the whole time. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Appreciate you sharing your candid story for the best ever listeners and myself to learn from. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Have a pleasure. Ready to bring your real estate investing dreams to life? 
Learn how to get focused, gain momentum, and the proven roadmap to make it happen with the Time for Investing Masterclass. Doors for enrollment are now open. Reserve your spot today with Neva at Neva, N-E-V-A, at timeforinvesting.com.